So the big question is this, are you tired of the hustle and grind of fix and flip? Do you really think you can wholesale your way to success? What you really want is a cash flowing portfolio that lets you live a life of freedom, sunsets and palm trees on your terms. But what if you're stuck because you have no capital, no time and no idea where to start? That ends now. Your host, Corey Peterson, is a rags-to-riches real estate millionaire who started out with no money or credit and quickly grew a portfolio of cash-flowing apartments. Not to mention, he did it all with other people's money. You're only one deal away from creating the cash flow life, and the Multifamily Legacy Podcast will show you how. So now, here's your host, the big kahuna, Corey Peterson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Multifamily Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Peterson. You know, I am trying to be as upbeat and positive as I can. We are we are now in, like, I don't know, week six or something or seven or whatever it is of the corona. And um, I think everybody's getting a little stir-crazy. I know I am. Um, you know, listen, I, I, I really, this thing sucks. It just, it sucks for all of us. Hopefully, we can start maybe opening up some of our uh, our areas and part of our, our country and get us back to work. But it truly is, uh, it's devastating. And, uh, you know, I, I think the sooner we can get back to work, the better. And I just, I'm just saying it sucks. It truly sucks. So I'm going to try to bring a positive message by actually talking about things that I think you must avoid. So there's there's three mistakes that you must avoid when you're doing this apartment game. And these are going to be things that you probably are not going to think about and that you would never think about, but yours truly, Corey Peterson, has experienced these pains. And so I'm going to share some of the, some little nitty-gritty insights that I swear most podcasters um, that are doing multifamily won't not want, they just won't tell you about. But it's in these little... Uh, crevices, these little things that, you know, where, where properties and management and stuff go on, that these little details sometimes actually can cost you a lot of money if not handled properly. So uh, so stay tuned because I think we're going to have a really good show where we're going to go into some, some of the weeds and some things that you probably are not thinking about that I'm going to put some light on and you're going to end this podcast with like, wow, that was really, really helpful. And guys, that's my whole goal in this podcast is, man, I love this thing. I, I love sharing the message of what multifamily properties can do, um, how it works, the good, the bad, and sometimes the ugly. Um, it's not all sunsets and palm trees. I wish we it, well, it, it was, but hey, listen, right now, we're, I'm facing personally, you know, a potential crisis. You know, half of my portfolio is student housing. And, you know, all the kids are gone, and thank God that we uh, have some parental guarantees. And But the real push that I'm, you know, waiting to see what happens is what happens with fall semester school. We have to open up our colleges or, uh, I, you know, my, my portfolio is going to suffer. And, you know, we'll have to get past that bridge when, if it sh- it, when and if it shows up. It may, my school may just go ahead and say, hey, we're open. So listen, you know, but the long-term goal, my long-term goal 
it changes nothing. I'm not going to lose my portfolio. It will, it will survive. And, you know, we'll just have to make some small pivots along the way. But our ultimate success is rooted in just doing the right thing, communicating to investors, letting everybody know what's going on. You know, I think that's the fundamentals of this game right now is that you've got to pay attention. You've got to communicate. And, you know, I believe in just having a a positive attitude. I mean, your attitude is one thing you can control. And, man, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to challenge you right now, if you're listening to this podcast, to sit there and think about all the things you are grateful for and that you've been blessed with. Because I'm telling you, whether you've got $100,000 or $5, there's still some things out there that, that you've been blessed with and gifts that you have that no one else has in this world, something that makes you unique. And I'm telling you, God has planned for you. That's that's my, I believe that wholeheartedly in my heart. And so there is always hope. There is always hope. And um, you can choose your attitude. So today, choose it to be one of your best days ever. Okay, before we get started, a couple couple of things. I mean, I, you know, guys, I love it when you take the time to go to iTunes and leave those reviews, hopefully. And I'm going to challenge you. Today, if you really enjoy this podcast, like this episode of things that I'm going to teach that I I promise no one else is probably talking about, would you take the time to actually go to iTunes and leave a review and how much this episode helped you? Because I'm telling you right now that what I'm going to talk about is going to, it's going to be eye-opening because you're not going to see these things um, for what they are, but I'm going to show you the value of why and it's going to be like, ah, you're going to get it. So anyways, I just want to leave this. The last uh, review that I got was 411. It says, great podcast. I always learn a lot from Corey and his guests and what they share on his podcast, from finding to due diligence to funding. Uh, it gives you a great overall perspective of what we need to do to stay ahead. So thank you so much for that. It was not titled by anybody. It was just kind of anonymous. But uh, again, I love it when you give me those reviews. I do check on them. I read them. And it does mean a whole, whole lot to me. So thank you for that. Two other little small things. We are now opening up our boardroom for October. So, uh, And we're actually doing a special. We normally charge uh, $7,500 for this event. We're now only charging $5,000. And we're creating a payment plan for $1,000 for the next five months. So to get involved in our boardroom, to learn all this thing about multifamilies, um, it's our entire course. Our, you, know, you get me, Shelly, my support team, Isaac. We're really here for the people in our boardroom we, we really take care of. If you go to kahunaboardroom.com, you can learn more about it. You can see some testimonials. Um, we have a lot of successful students. So if that's you and you're looking to get into the game, I'm telling you right now, there couldn't be a better time because, listen, winter's coming. There's going to be some opportunity coming, and you want to be positioned to take advantage of that. The other thing is if you want to um, maybe be part of our funding um, you know, and go out there and help give us uh, or give us uh, be a passive investor with us, we have a process for that. And we have what's called the Kahuna Deal Room. And to and, and really, it's a process to create a pre-existing substantive relationship. And uh, it's not easy to get through, but we enjoy it. We get to know uh, who, who you are. And so to do that, you're going to kahunainvestments.com. 
Com. So kahunainvestments.com, click on the button that says uh, get into the deal room, and then you will start a process and a journey that basically involves you know some one-on-one um, Zoom podcasts with us, filling out some forms, filling out some financials, really uh, establishing a pre-existing substantive relationship with us so we can get to know you even more. And uh, we'll also send you our book for free. Uh, we want to make sure that you uh, get to know us um, as who we are, what we do, and how our company works. All right? Okay, got all that stuff out of the way. Let's jump into the meat. So the three mistakes that you really, truly must avoid, number one, we're going we're gonna to hit hard, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why, is you should stop taking checks. Do not accept checks from your tenants. Well, now you're saying, hey, Corey, what do you mean? You know, why don't people pay in checks? Well, they they can and they do, but I'm telling you right now that you have to have people set up on an ACH portal or a, a, a website portal where people can log in to pay. And I'm going to tell you right now, with the corona going around, This one little thing has saved my bacon, saved it. I'm so glad that early on we adopted this policy. Man, we like we have about 98% adoption, 98% adoption of our my assets of people that are doing ACH. They log into the portal to pay. Now, why is that important? Because with Right, especially right now. Think about it right now. If if your tenants are sitting there thinking, "Man, do I pay or do I not pay?" Because they're they're going to have to bring a check. There's a conscious decision in their mind of what's going to happen, and it may be good, but it or, or it could be bad. Could be bad. It could be like, "Well, you know what? I'm not going to pay." And listen, don't get me wrong. We are we we are truly cognitive of there's a lot of people out there that are hurting. We have a property in New Orleans. I have tenants that are hurting. We're trying to work with them as best we can. And and we are working. But truly, listen, these, your tenants do not want to come in and see your property's face. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. They just want to live out their lives, go to work, work their jobs, do, you know, have their family stuff. And you know, really just kind of live in peace. Like that's what most people are looking to do. And, you know, they don't really want to have to go into the manager's office and like give someone a paper physical check. And with today's technology, there's absolutely no reason to do this. So let's, so how do we do, like, how do we adopt our policy? Here's, and how we get, how do we get a 98% a, um, portal adoption, in other words, people are paying online and, and setting up ACH. A couple things. Number one, we always have an iPad at each property. So when a tenant comes in and they're going to sign a lease and they're ready to get set up, then we initially say, hey, listen, we do not accept checks or payments here at the office. Okay. You have two options. You can either register on our portal, which will help you do right now, or you can send your payment all the way to corporate. And you know, then you've got to send it early and you've got to mail it and it's a real pain in the butt. And most people are like, oh, okay, great. So, and they'll sign up right there on the portal 
They'll get their account set up. They'll put in their ACH information and boom, we are done. Now, the other thing that we did uh, is that we actually took a lot of times when we, when we were initially starting this, we had check scanners in the office, check scanners. And what would happen is that your managers sometimes want to hit the easy button. And so, you know, that first rent comes in and the, you know, and the, maybe the tenant hasn't set up the portal and he has the check in hand and he says, you know what, I'm going to pay with check. This is what I got. And so our managers, because they have a check scanner, all right, well, I'll do it this one time. And so because we have that check scanner and that, you know, that works pretty fast, but again, it takes time because you got to understand, and I, I've talked about this in other podcasts, what happens when a man, you know, when you come into the office it should be like the manager steps up, greets you. Hey, how's the wife, kids, dogs? Like, we got to have some conversation. We can't just like, you know, process your check because that's not community. That's not friendly. That's not the way we should do it. And so if we have, you know, a 200 unit apartment, imagine 200 people coming in on the first of the month, first to the 10th, and just taking a massive amount of time away from our staff on something that could be simply done just automatically set it up one time and it's a non-issue. So I'm telling you right now, ACH is the best thing since sliced bread to like, if you will adopt it and adopt it where you take away those scanners because it is human nature will, will want to take an easy button. And if you eliminate the easy button, what we found for us is as a management team, our managers then really had to say, listen, you, we don't take checks. So you got to say, here's the address you send that check to, and that's to our management company. Or you can, um, you know, let me, and really it's not so much, or guys, let me just help you with this. Let's, let's get you set up right now and just walk them through it. So our managers would, you know, hand them the iPad and help them go through the process of setting up an account. And I'm telling you right now, it is the absolute best way to do it. Um, and I'm, it saved our bacon in this in Corona, right? Because that ACH having uh, or, you know, because it's honestly a kind of a pain in the butt to disable. That's with all ACHs. Like how, how right now, if you're listening, think to yourself, how many things are you paying for that you know that you probably shouldn't be, but because it's a pain in the butt to stop, but you've not done it. Right. So like, I don't know, to, in my mind, that's what's what's out there. So, again, stop taking checks. If you're doing it, I'm telling you, you're doing it wrong. Don't do it. Just don't. You will thank me time and time again. Once you get you know, to that 98 percent adoption, man, that you're, you're doing something amazingly well. And what will happen is on your P&L. On that fifth of the month, you've got, you know, 98% of your money collected. How cool is that? Like, listen, that that is where it's at. And when you get ready to sell it, if you can demonstrate that and you've got history, like three years of history of just, hey, time and time again, it shows up like clockwork time and time again. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So I cannot stress enough the power of having an ACH setup with, and listen, most almost all softwares offer this feature. You should be using it. You should adopting it, and you should make it just part of what you do. And it has to be like it is a mandatory policy to you know like 
you can either send your check to corporate or let me help you with just getting you set up on the portal. And most people will uh, support a portal. Now, some people don't have checking accounts. Can you Could you imagine that? So what do you do with the people that don't have checking accounts? Listen, they still have to pay on the portal. They either have to go to CVS, like there's, you can use, uh, you know, they can log into the portal, they can use a credit card, a check card, or they can go to um, C- uh, CSV and um, deposit cash or get a money order and use those little machines that will take, oh, there's, there's ways for people to pay without having a checking account. But for us, it's another filter. Do we really want you in our property if you don't have a checking account? Probably not. Probably not. Really, honestly, if we're, if we're really asking, if you don't have a checking account, that means, that means like you're not responsible enough to have a checking account most of the time. Most of the time. So like, if you can't get a checking account, then you're probably not a good credit risk for us, and you probably shouldn't be staying at our properties. And these are still C-class properties. Don't think that I'm talking about the Taj Mahals, guys. And, and I, I truly believe this, too. No matter what group of properties, A, B, C, we won't talk about the war zone, but C properties, there's still best in class in every you know grade, right? So if you're a C-class kind of tenant and, and that's the kind of where, where, you're, where you're at, they're still the best of the best in that C-class. And that is the tenant that we want to attract. That's the tenant that you want to attract to your community. That you're going to provide, though, A-class management, A-class service, a smile, a friend, building communities, taking care of your properties. All those things lead to successful endeavors that will actually allow you to make profit. Okay, so taking uh, checks, stop taking checks. Don't do it. Adopt a a different policy and a different state of mind, and you will be blessed by it. I'm telling you that. Just, like, trust me. Okay, so step number two. Uh, that you got to avoid. <laughs> you you have to avoid this. You got to avoid not owning your software. Now, hold on. Like, does that even make sense? When you go hire a management company, no matter what management company you're going to hire, you need to have a talk about the software that they want to use. And you are not going to allow them for them to set up the software. You, your company, the company that your LLC is under, is going to reach out and get that started, and then you're going to give that management company access to your software. Now, why is that important? Do you Would you believe me that um, man- management companies have a shelf life, right? Sometimes they start really good, and then over time, they start to, they kind of just, they're like contractors a lot of times, that they start out really great, and then eventually they kind of fall off the wagon. And when that happens and there's going to be a breakup, wouldn't you like to own your software so that everything that's happened inside it can be either transferred or moved, or you can just take them off as a management company and add a new management company in to manage your software that your property owns? Because, by the way... If you let the other thing happen, let your management company have control, they can set it up wrong. How do I know this? Okay. Um, I do have these battle scars. I I learned these lessons, guys, and I'm just sharing you little tidbits that hopefully can change your life because it is a real pain 
in the butt, pain in the butt. And so you want to own your software because even today, most, most things are becoming more and more digital. In other words, we have digital records. All your copies of your leases are digital. All your payment history, all the things. And if you go from one software to another and they don't ha- have a, your management company had set it up on maybe not your individual account for just your property, but their holistic account, then, and then things can't transfer out. How do I know this? Because it happens. It happens all the time. And so you want to absolutely have control of your software because that's your data. And by the way, most management companies, no matter what management company you're using, they are going to charge you for the uh, software piece, that software that you're paying for. They're gonna re- they're gonna recharge you for it. In other words, if they set it up on their own and they're like, "Hey, we're using Yardy or we're using um, Appfolio or whatever it is," they are still going. And even if they're pay- paying for it, they're gonna bill you. They're gonna get reimbursed for that software from your company. So it only makes sense to own your data. This is what we're talking about: owning your webs. Don't let don't let websites. Hey. If you're going to uh, have websites and all that stuff, which you should, make sure, again, that they're setting things up and don't, this is where I think you have, you have control. You're like, hey, listen, who's the vendor that does your websites? I would like, you know, I want to have a talk because I want to make sure that we're going to, if we're going to, when we're buying a property, that's one of the things we actually buy from that transfers is that kind of setup. We want to make sure that we are getting you know, our websites and all, all the things that go along with it. And we want to make sure we have access and we want to, we want to actually own it. And so sometimes management goes, like, Hey, well, you know, you're, you're moving and we turned everything off. We turned everything off. Now, would, would a management company ever be spiteful? Yes. Yeah. Well, they say things and then do another. Yeah. Yeah. They sure will. <laughs> they sure will ask me how I know. Right. Because um, it's emotions and, you know, sometimes they'll say something that they think is how it works. And then, but then all of a sudden the day before uh, you transfer and like, this just happened to me recently with the websites. This is why I'm talking about the websites too, is that they try to like give issues to, you know, cease and desist, cease and desist with all our vendors and the vendors are the properties vendors. It's not the management company vendors. So we had to, as we made this transition, they're trying to cancel all accounts. We're like, Listen, all the accounts are still open. We're just changing the management company. They're still the properties accounts. And so these are the things. So software, though, is important because that's the the nucleus, the hub of everything and all the, the history and transaction and, uh, you know, tell ledgers for everybody's accounts that are in that software. And you absolutely must own your software. Okay, so make sure that that's happening. Um, ask those tough questions before you get involved with a management company of what software do they want um, to use. Now, you can still dictate if you're using a software, like I'm using Appfolio. I'm like, if I'm going to another management company, unless you use Appfolio, I'm probably not going to use you because I'm familiar with Appfolio and I think it's the you know cheapest and it does everything that I need to. Now, there's some other softwares out there um, Yardy and you know rent manager and, and and things like that, but we find that Appfolio works pretty good for what we're doing, and it's pretty effective and cost effective too. It's not 
super expensive. And so, you know, that's what we choose. I want to make sure management companies are using the software that I want. Now, and again, even if they were like, hey, but, and you made the change that I'm going to go with Yardy. Okay. Again, just open up the Yardy account with you and then give them access and then make sure that all your other stuff can port over. It's not hard, but like you got to have these types of conversations because if you don't, then your management company is going to make a decision for you, and it may not be the one that you truly want. So again, always try to stay in as much control, giving access to things that your properties already should own, okay? All right, so that's number two. The third mistake that I think you absolutely should avoid is paying bonuses for people doing their job, okay? Now, this is maybe a little controversial, um, but I'm going to give you some examples of what, what that looks like and what it means. And how do I know this? Because we've made these mistakes. <laughs> the greatest thing is I think I've made about every mistake that you can make. And I'm hopefully I'm just I'm sharing you through my pain so you don't have to feel it. So what I mean by this a lot of times is leasing. So when you have a leasing person in your property, their job is to do what? Lease. Why would you ever bonus them on something that that's truly just their job? Their job is to lease people. People come in and they sign a lease. That's their job. That's what they, that is the job they are getting paid to do. Why in the hell would you lease or bonus somebody on something that they're supposed to do? I don't know. Like to me, ugh. now, renewals are a little something different. Renewals mean something. We will bonus on some renewal activity because it really is being proactive, proactive. Leasing, again, still proactive as well, but like that's what their job is. Renewals are their job too for a leasing person, but at the same time, we like to give a little bit of a bonus, And but it's not a big bonus for renewals, but leasing is what they do. So renewals it's not, and it's really not a big bonus for renewals, but it gives them a little incentive to make those calls. But again, we don't try to hire a bonus huge on this because what happens is it just becomes expected. And it's for a job that they're supposed to be doing anyways. How does that make any sense? If when we bonus, we really like to try to bonus on profitability, something that includes the budget, PLs. Right, because your PL for your manager, a manager should get a bonus on the PL on the overall adhering to your budget and the numbers and the financials. That is how you have a true healthy property by understanding budgets and then adhering to those budgets. And I remember when I used to work in the restaurant business, PLs are extremely important because there you have razor thin margins that you're operating. In the uh, in the food service industry, and you know, in in the restaurant business, and so like the adherence to PLs and watching payroll and staff and all these things are super super important, and it really I, I believe that has transferred over for me into you know watching my apartments because it really at the end of the day, you know, you want to be paying bonuses on things that truly help the property and and it's all its holistic approach. And the PL is a good way to do that. So but I, I just believe that there's a lot of people and I have made this mistake of bonusing people just for, you know, hey, you leased up a property. So you got a bonus. Well, you know, there was a time when I looked at some of my properties and this was my management company's recommendation, by the way. 
So I look at it one time. I'm like, my God, there's like $2,500 worth of bonuses for leasing for this month. I'm like, wait a second. And I start doing some math. I'm like, okay, $2,500. If that was like, if, if it's like that all the time, times 12, 30 grand divided by a seven cap, that's $428,000 of value that I'm losing by, by bonusing something that truly is their job. Well, holy hell, <laughs> you start having a whole different outlook on those types, types of things because you're like, wow, that's real math. That is absolutely real math. So those thousands of dollars matter in payroll. In, I mean, every place that you can look, and there's nooks and crannies in every property, and just you know, your profits made in your in your budgeting, in your staff, in your people, in your systems, right? And a lot of what we've talked about right here is just more little little systems that can truly help make you money. So again, let me just recap the three the three things that I think you must avoid. Number one is taking checks. Don't take them. Set up people on ACH. Number two. Don't don't allow your management company to own software. You need to own it. And number three, stop paying bonuses for people doing their job like leasing. Don't have a leasing bonus. Maybe a renewal bonus, but maybe very small. But just for normal, just leasing people come to the office, that's their job. Okay, stop doing it. Try to make sure that you bonus over P&L profitability. I think you'll get a lot more attention and, and actually make it kind of hard. It should be a reward to get a bonus, not something that they just do extra every month to get extra money. Again, those are those are three really good things that I think you'll you'll find a lot of value. Guys, again, if you enjoyed this podcast and you got a lot of value out of it and you actually learned something, take the time to go to iTunes and let me know. Uh, leave, leave a review and uh, we really appreciate that. Last thing, guys, man, it has been tough. It has been a tough journey these last month, month and a half for all of us. And now more than ever, um, having a positive attitude truly, truly means something. It's the one thing that we can control, right? We is our emotions. And you can choose to try to be optimistic and upbeat, or you can choose to be a Debbie Downer, right? And just, and, and be uh, spiteful and mad and, and, and hate, hate filled. And I'm just telling you, it's so much better to try to be able to to give and and spread joy, spread love, spread kindness. And it's just, it's not normal, but it makes you feel good. Guys, listen, the the most powerful thing that we possess is right in between our two ears. And it it really is the power of our our mind is something so special that I just, I don't want you to ever lose focus of what you think and how you think and and how you live and how you how you prepare your mind to go out and do battle each and every day it does matter if you believe it you can achieve it and your paradise is possible